What's up, Whisper Nation? We're doing a 12-team Dynasty PPR Superflex. Man, that's a mouthful. And we're doing it right here on Mock Draft Monday in Mock Draft Mania with the Fantasy Whispers. Let's get it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right here. Big Travi, Johnny Game Time Hicks. Great to have the OG crew here back in the house. Big props to the Snap fantasy football podcast for helping you hold it down last week johnny but my goodness it's back it's fantastic to be back here with you along with the rest of whisper nation we got a full draft room going game time how are you my man i'm doing great man this is uh really exciting i gotta say last week we got a couple new people in the mock draft this week i'm excited mm. uh drew k lou here uh, i'm telling you this cat can draft this he killed it last week he was uh in our draft last week better than the cast pajamas yeah, dude. Like this cat. Uh, I mean, they're, they're both. Yeah. yeah but, and then the other than thing. The cat's pajamas. The other thing is that so Death by Rona changed his team name or his like login name uh, or screen name to to the Real Whisper. So he he's been you know taking jabs at Big Travi and stuff, saying that we don't respect his drafts. We'll see how hmm. he does. But yeah, that's a that's a big thing there. The Real Whisper. He mentions. I love it. I love it. And there we have the rest of the team here drafting alongside of us. Whisper Nation, thank you so much for showing up and showing out. And if you have not been able to join one of our live draft rooms, make sure you're following the Fantasy Whispers on Twitter. Johnny drops the live links to our sleeper draft rooms on Twitter. And then while you're at following the social media uh, platforms, why don't you go ahead and hit like and subscribe on our YouTube page, Facebook as well, where we're also live broadcasting our mock drafts as well as the weekly comment dropping your way. And so if you like and subscribe, you'll make sure you get that ping into your phone and catch that edge as we get closer to the start of the regular season. Uh, big Travi, man. We had the regular NFL draft. We've had our Packers lives, ups and downs, all kinds yeah. of which ways. I don't think that's going to slow down anytime soon. How are you feeling about it all? Oh, man, it's a little overwhelming, but all in a good way. That's, you know, NFL creates great drama. We've got the schedule release. We've had the draft. We've got all sorts yeah. of things working. We've got our dynasty uh, draft that we're all in together coming up. We've got our couple weeks. We've you got our league of record uh, draft in Flagstaff, Arizona. We got that house booked. Ooh. Things are working and moving and shaking. And I just think it's the calm, a little bit of a calm before the storm. Uh, this summer is going to be a wild one for fantasy football purposes, and I couldn't be more jacked about it. Oh, my God. And I'm not feeling as calm as I was a couple weeks ago. I'm starting to get, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the, the excitement yeah, here. It's Maybe coming. It's iced coffee or it's just the raw <laughs> excitement that fantasy football provides right. either way, man. I'm pretty stoked for this. All right. What you kind of iced coffee are you rocking there? Just make it home? Black. Oh, yeah. Black. All right. Yep. Okay. That's yeah. what we do. This black. is what we do right here. I got black coffee right now in my mug. That's hot. Too. It's not ice. I'm sipping. Yeah, there we go. Black coffee. Sipping and sipping and steering this show to greatness. I, I just well, sorry, Austin. I just want to mention uh, before we get started here, uh, the there are only two running back spots here. Uh, we've got a quarterback spot, three wide receivers, a tight end, and then a, the super flex spot, and then the rest are bench spots. So this is again a dynasty startup. Great point to bring up, and it is a principle that you should carry into your drafts. It sounds basic but it cannot be overstated enough. Know the rules of the league you're about to enter into. Know how many roster spots there are. Know what 
scoring variations have been implemented, know how many wide receivers are rostered. Sometimes it's two, sometimes it's three. That standard number is kind of shifting. So just be sure to know that before you go into it. But as Johnny said, we got a 12 team and Big Travi did as well. Dynasty, PPR, Superflex, Startup. All the adjectives. <laughs> Let's be- on this one, though. Shall we begin? Need. Shall we begin? Let's yeah, do man. it, man. All right. You won't. You won't. Let's go. You won't, but somebody will. And at the 1 1 spot, we got Captain Bob drafting, followed by the Cast Pajamas. Game time at the third spot. Drew K. Lou in the four. The real Whisper, a Death by Rona, previously known by. The artist formerly known by Death yeah, by Rona. Yeah, the artist yeah. formerly known. <laughs> Jacob Blair, number one fan. Travis Garden in the seven. We got Harry uh, Geechee. In the eighth, great for joining us. Jay Blizzy, our Whisper Nation Listener League champion. Easy Daddy in the 10. Don Conflict. Donflict. Donnie here in the 11th. And Big Travi there drafting at the 12. It's great to have all of you with us, gentlemen. Thanks for joining along. Patrick Mahomes, 1-1. He's off the board. And Kyler Murray, 1-2. I know Casper Gammas is not an Arizona boy like you are, Johnny. I know, but I it, I'm this is this is great because the first couple of years I was saying Kyler Murray was a major steal in fantasy drafts, and you know people thought I was crazy. They were like, "Oh, you're just an Arizona homer. Uh, you you know you don't know what you're talking about. This guy's small. It's not going to make it in the NFL." And look at uh, you know fast forward. Maybe I didn't hit it a hundred percent. I didn't. I mean, no, I did think he was. Were any of those one overall? Were any of those? Ali kind of liked him. Were any of those statements wrong? Like, you are you are a homer, and he was okay. small. So, I mean, I those mean, two they're statements. Not, they're not lying to you. Those two statements are wrong. <laughs> but, I mean, the fact that, oh, oh, I'm about to, oh, Christian. Mc, wow, you guys almost <laughs> had me. Oh, you guys uh, almost. They were going to mess you. Wow, that almost happened. And, actually, I'm also, oh, man. That was Rob Shorter, who is Captain Bob inside the draft. He took Pat Mahomes, has been waiting for this draft all week. It is Monday, so he's been waiting a few hours. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, we appreciate you, Bob. We Obviously, all the man. way all the way across the pond in the United Kingdom, Bob, joining us. We appreciate him every week, man. Big and shout is, out is to Tampa Bob. Bay his team of choice because it's the one physically Seems, closest yeah. to where he's at right now? <laughs> well, it's because they have the ship. They can, like, go over to yeah. England and come back on the pirate ship, right? Right, right. Yeah. So, jo- Johnny, in a startup, do you have any issues going Patrick Mahomes at the 1-1 spot in a dynasty startup situation like we got here? Uh, I don't. I think that that's fine because, you know, once again, it's a dynasty league. So you, you, he's got his major piece locked up for the foreseeable future, right? Yeah. Probably probably the next 10 years at least. Yeah. He's, and we don't expect Pat Pat Mahomes to decline over that time. And so I think it's, it's a fine – pick to take Pat Mahomes number one overall because you know there is a huge advantage uh to having your number one piece be you know eligible to be a top three quarterback each and every single year I and will Travi, where, do you, where do you kind of think about on this one in terms of the positional selection in a dynasty startup versus a redraft kind of league where we see 
bell cow back strictly pretty much at the start of it in a redraft we're looking at quarterbacks coming up which johnny already said he has no issue with i would agree with that the real question i wanted to ask you was about wide receivers coming in the mix because there's this narrative going on that running backs just have a much shorter shelf life compared to a wide receiver who might be stretching into 32 33 years of age julio jones-esque um do you think that's is that something that we should be putting weight into is it a wide receiver is more of a maybe an opportunistic spot or if you can get one of those running backs that's going to be leading their way that's who you want to target um so i i like what you're like i like what you laid out here the the thing about this draft right is that it's like this particular league is 12 team that's one dynasty obviously startup we talked about but then the ppr and superflex so i'm okay with taking pat mahomes one one i'm also okay if you want to wait on running back because you believe that you'll get a running back maybe in the next couple of years and you want to build the longer shelf life mm. guys quarterbacks and wide receivers so i i don't mind that especially ppr uh, i think that puts the weight on 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 really good main vein wide receivers, as we like to say, guys that are really a huge part of their offense. Um, So, yeah, I I don't really have any problem with that. Um, And I, and I, especially in super flex with the quarterback situation. Like I'm not a, like, take your guy, Kyler Murray one, two, maybe not for me, but take your guy. You know what I mean? Like if that's, if that's your guy, I'm okay with that. You're going to be getting two quarterbacks and you're going to be in this league for life potentially. So age becomes a factor as well. I do. I do think also you, you can get, you know, one one or two year running backs much mm-hmm. later in the draft, you know, ones that will just like be patchwork for now. And so if you're yeah. at like an elite level of other positions, you know, you're stacking those up earlier in the draft and you're giving yourself a little bit more longevity and then you're just grabbing these these pieces at the running back maybe a couple of rookies. You never know which ones you might land and then yeah. you, you could be really, really set. Um, something I was really pushing last week because we did a a dynasty as well, but it was only a 10 team, but, uh, just a a strategic from a strategic standpoint, trading down in drafts and and accumulating future draft picks is really, really uh, handy, especially in the dynasty startup. So if you do have time to do that, uh, especially in these first couple of rounds where you can majorly add an advantage to your team, uh, that is something that's really, really important. Something that. Oh, go ahead, Travis. Just to echo your point, Johnny, I think especially this year. Okay, so if we look what the Giants did, they kind of traded a lot of picks out of this year because of last year's COVID impact on college. There wasn't a lot of tape on guys and some GMs like to see the tape or see a lot more tape of guys. And that affected the way they were willing to draft. This one was a light running back draft. It was a kind of ho-hum wide receiver draft with outside of Jamar Chase prospect wise. And so if you're looking at that as a dynasty owner and you have time to trade out of this draft particularly Mm -hmm. and get picks for next year when we we're going to see more college football and we're going to get more tape and it could be a more uh plentiful draft then i think that's smart to do so to echo what johnny's saying also knowing the timeliness of what each draft has and you can find these articles and we'll tell you too on the show that that tell you oh this is a offensive tackle heavy draft or this is a wide receiver heavy draft or this is a running back heavy draft so you'll know that and too in dynasty you bring up some good points there and Johnny to your original one there about what players you're targeting I think it does make a lot of sense in a dynasty startup to be locking in those pieces that you're going to have for what you expect an extended shelf life like a wide receiver or a quarterback because if you get all those pieces locked in and you have a wide receiver who's already in stride not a rookie incomer who you expect to get it going maybe year two year three uh 
you then have those spots ready for a running back to kind of insert themselves right in the mix. And while they're hard to get, you usually can expect them to get it going right away. Like if you're drafting one of those guys, you know, in your rookie draft, um, uh, most of the time those, those rookie running backs are going to be getting action. Um, if they're a name that we know at least. And then to your point there, Travis, tra- and, uh, and to Johnny's as well of trading back, it can make a lot of sense, right? Like last year, I'm just thinking of Jonathan Taylor was the sexy option. And maybe he is the most valuable player at the end of it. But if you're thinking of being able to move a couple of spots back and instead of getting a Jonathan Taylor, you get yourself an Antonio Gibson or you get yourself a J.K. Dobbins. You get yourself a, you know, you got lucky and you picked yourself up a James Robinson, a DeAndre Swift, something like that. That's just a few picks back. And then when it was all said and done, was actually a very, very productive option in their rookie season and then has a great trajectory moving forward as well. Uh, and you got a first-round pick for next year or something else like that. I would personally take myself an Antonio Gibson and a first-round pick over Jonathan Taylor straight up. Or even so, even like a Antonio Gibson in a second-rounder because what you can do with that second-rounder it can, you know, it's a, it's a mystery box, right? Then, and then you can end up, you know, maybe you pair two second rounders next year to move into the back half of the first round next year, you know, like it's things like sexy that. Wide receiver last exactly. year, Antonio Gibson and a Brandon Ayuk. Would you rather have Antonio Gibson and Brandon Ayuk or Jonathan Taylor, you know, or you get real lucky and Justin Jefferson, who you picked up, Johnny there at the uh, uh, second round is available. He was, he was, I slipping. know. Well, I, I was going to say, I got kind of ahead of myself because I thought it was up right after um, uh, Death by Rona. And I was bummed he took Devontae Adams because I was really excited that Devontae Adams was going to follow me in this late second, you know. But then he took him. And then I was like clicking Justin Jefferson and wasn't going through. But my pick wasn't up yet. So I got lucky that uh, Drew K. Lou didn't take Justin Jefferson. We did get lucky that Drew K. Lou did not swoop that pick. And Johnny and Travis, I got to say, I feel very lucky to be here with everybody in Whisper Nation making this show a possibility. And I wanted to mention while we got everybody here that our Patreon account is up and going and we are nothing TFW, that is, nothing without Whisper Nation here, legitimately. Um, It's your unwavering support that keeps this going, and we are so, so incredibly proud of this community that we built together. And if you feel it upon your heart to help us out and continue to grow this family and chase the dream we're all following here, uh, consider joining us over at Patreon.com. You can share your support at the $1, $5, $10 levels, um, and patron benefits include access to our exclusive Discord channels, entries to sports card giveaways. Johnny's on top of those like crazy. Uh, increased odds for landing a spot in our 2021 Listener League and bonus fantasy content that's only available to our patrons. Just head on over to patreon.com slash Whispers today and you can join the nation there. Also with that one, speaking of the Discord chat, because this thing is so freaking cool legitimately and I'm not even in like – naturally stoked about this but this one is got me is the discord ff chat um whisper nation we are very excited to debut our all new tfw ff chat on discord this message board is absolutely free to all of whisper nation and will include advice threads content link exclusive video clips and a commonly dedicated to this incredible game of fantasy football join us today by clicking the link that we're going to drop in the chat right now or by clicking the link in our Instagram bio page and following that link to Discord. It's really easy. We cannot wait to see y'all in the chat. It's basically going to be like our one-stop shop to have uh, communication going with the TFW crew now and forever. So go ahead and drop in on that link and we'll get you going. 
Yeah, just as you were saying that, uh, Austin, we got Harry Geechee uh, over in the Discord chat, Don Flick. So love you guys joining us here, Vermokin. And then we're not going to stop the party. We're going to be over in the Discord chat, dropping exclusive videos, as Austin said, and just really rocking and rolling over there. It's BYOB, though. It's becoming a problem. Johnny's partying nonstop in that Discord <laughs> chat. We had to have uh, yeah, we had to have an intervention for Johnny there. Over there. Yeah, uh, I wanted your pockets, man. Hey, don't, hide, don't hide your stuff. <laughs> I wanted to uh, get to the chat is just going today. Um, we got a couple of people talking about what they're trying. So cast pajamas. I'm just trying different things out for my dynasty draft coming up. And uh, Harry Geechee Seven says the same. Dude, that's what we're here for. We're here. That's why we fill up the rooms every single week uh, with with Whisper Nation, uh, because this gives an actual nice little insight on what could actually happen. We always say it. You know, you can never mock any league, actually, but can't mock this league. Can't mock this league, league. But that's why you jump in these ones. So you yeah. get used to getting gypped, right? Yeah. The best way to and you just got to get used to it. Like, yeah, imagine buddy. your underwear getting stolen. And how would you live your life? Your underwear just got snatched. What are you going to do about your life now? And that's the way you got to think about drafting. And the way we say it all the time, you know, the well, psychology. What if, what if you don't? Sucks. What if you're one of the people that doesn't wear underwear? Then you're there like, you go. Cool. You thought then, ahead. Then you're oh, well, that, you that's get how you avoid it. You and they're just grabbing skin. Look, that's and you're why like, you skin to the wind. To, that's why you come to the fantasy whispers because we're changing your life. We're saying, hey, maybe don't wear underwear. Maybe you don't need it. Okay, think ahead. Maybe it's think a Ponzi scheme invented thing. by it's, Haynes. Hey, it just it, it reminded me of when we first started doing our merch, uh, our merch store, and our our design. One of our designers, Hannon, he put he put our logo on a pair of underwear, and he was like, "Should we sell this on the website? Dude, we got to bring that back. Honestly, <laughs> I think TFW Undies is the if you're gonna have underwear, that's the underwear to have. That's the only underwear I don't wear underwear because I'm waiting for. TFW officially licensed material to hit the hit the marketplace <laughs> and when it does I'll go back to wearing underwear but until then no way not even no, thinking I about it. it I love it uh speaking of loving it Travis Kelsey George Kittle in the third round I'm a little bit surprised that we saw these two tight ends off the board before Kelvin Benjamin and Tim Tebow boys yeah <laughs> what's going on with that I, I will say I almost took I was thinking about taking Kittle where my CD with the CD Lamb pick, but I end up going CD Lamb. Uh, but I, yeah, the the Tim Tebow and Calvin Benjamin news, man, uh, really shook the fantasy community this this weekend. I do I do want to get back to that subject because it's a really fun one. But I think well, it'll be best better served a little bit later on when the names are after, a little bit yeah. more dry. After Tebow kind of gets drafted, then we'll yeah, talk about maybe him. Yeah. so. <laughs> um, or or a little bit later down the way at least. But I want to get your guys' take right now, at least on these first couple of rounds as we're starting to move it through, as which guys are being selected uh, that just make you go, oh, like that's who I was secretly hoping was going to fall back your way. Now, this is a dynasty startup, um, kind of moving into the second round here. Uh, the first round, everybody's taking their guy. There's a lot of juice up in there. But the second round, it starts to get a little bit cuter in sense of people making reaches, people going outside of the realm of expectations. And Travis, who in that second round were you looking and you you were you were hoping that you had a shot at maybe getting or if you were in the draft room when it was going on, you'd be like, oh man, that's who I was having. Maybe has the biggest upside or somebody that maybe cooking with something that really hasn't been fully considered and it's going to be bumping their ADP up. Yeah. 
AJ Brown is one that consistently mm. comes up as a guy like I could have taken him here. I wanted to build my dynasty uh, peep, or my super flex with quarterbacks first. But if I was going to pivot from that strategy, um, AJ Brown was a guy I'm targeting and I'm just smashing all AJ Brown as the number one wide receiver off the board. It just makes so much Dude, sense. to right? me. There's just like there's. There's so much to talk about with the Devontae Adams thing. I know Devontae Adams is going to, especially in redraft, you love Devontae Adams in redraft. If Rodgers is there, you know that. But there's a lot of cloud and of uncertainty there. And then there's, you know, the Brown's age like factor. Eight. He's like Devontae Adams last year, right? Yes. Like and so for me, A.J. Brown is a guy that's been hyper-productive on, on a lower target volume, okay? And now we're going to say that 140 or some odd targets are, targets are vacated. They didn't get anybody in the draft to scare you off. Like Johnny they didn't Smith draft. is gone. Corey yes. Davis is gone. Yes, and so we're talking about a, a, a situation where he could get what – like this is a top 10 wide receiver on a low target volume. Give him some targets, and it's game over. And so I'm just loving A.J. Brown at this they point. Just they're not going to have an opportunity to not force feed him, right? Yeah. It's going to be like that that scene in 7 for the gluttons. Like they're just going like, <laughs> like, to be – real talk, they kind of have to. Yeah. And this is one of those cases where it's actually not what's a the, bad what's situation. The... Reminds me like Brandon Marshall back with Jay Cutler with the Bears. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or Andy Dalton with AJ Green early on. You yeah, know, like, but, he, but maybe just even like a, a better prospect here in oh, Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like he might be. He might be better than. And a much AJ better Green run and... game paired with him, which means play action is always available. And then you're just talking it, about all these different ways that you can get AJ Brown open. It's. It actually kind of does remind me of the Packers last year. Obviously, Ryan Tannehill is far from an Aaron Rodgers situation, but Ryan Tannehill can legitimately get it done. Mike Vrabel is running a very competent offense over there. Derrick Henry might be the best running back, pure running back in the game right now, most scary for sure. So it's kind of like A.J. Brown, he's physically an elite. He's got an elite role on the squad. They didn't bring in anything to suggest he's going to get decreased loads like I think he, he might be the one one wide receiver for me, Travis. It's funny, it's funny that you say that uh, Tannehill isn't, you know, Rodgers, and he's not. But, like, since Tannehill has taken over that job, yeah. it's been Rodgers, Mahomes, and Tannehill that are the top three quarterbacks in that time span, wow. in that time frame. What? So Tannehill is putting up numbers with this offense, obviously, since he left Adam Gase. The one thing that I'll note is Arthur Smith was a huge part of that. Yeah. And is now gone. So we'll just see kind of where that goes. But yeah, I love me some Tannehill. I love AJ Brown. And I don't think it's that crazy to say one one wide receiver for no, AJ I, lo Brown. I love that take there and, and getting AJ Brown there in the second round is is certainly nice. Johnny, I wanted to swing it back over your way. Similar kind of question here. I know DeAndre Swift was taking the pick right before you, and that's your boy, but you got Justin Jefferson there in the second spot, who might be a lot of other members drafting uh, alongside of answer to who made you go, oh, I want him. Justin Jefferson might have been uh, the selection behind A.J. Brown. But following your pick, Johnny, um, you know, with his Elliott and Stefan Diggs and then going into the third round, any players here that you were just looking at really hoping that were on your squad or if you were in that draft room and, the, and your league mate picks them up and you go, oh, man, good pick, man, good pick. Which guy says behind Justin Jefferson all the way through the third makes you say that the most? I mean, I there are. So I mean, I really Antonio Gibson. I love that pick. Um, I I think that some like Joe Mixon following all the way to the end of the third. Again, I really do like that pick. Mm. I, I don't know if I would start that heavy in a dynasty with three running backs like that. I mean, Travis Etienne is a much younger running back, um, but I do like. Joe Mixon and his value, especially in a dynasty. But I will say that 
Michael Thomas is probably the guy Ooh, that yeah. I I was really kind of eyeing because in you know I was in the third late. round. Yeah, so like I I was when I was trying to pick, I was going between CD and Michael Thomas because they're both super super young, both super talented. Yeah, Twenty eight years but, old for Michael Thomas now. That's that's maybe not super young. Twenty seven. Well, Twenty seven. Oh. No, I'm Michael Thomas. I thought, I thought Michael Thomas was. Evans. He's 28. Uh, okay, so, but I, I think he's being disrespected a little bit because of the Drew Brees no longer being there. But what we saw was it didn't matter. Like he, he I mean, it did matter when when Taysom Hill was the quarterback. He didn't mm-hmm. go to him as often. But we did see that they started to build a chemistry there. And James, if Jameis Winston ends up being the quarterback, which I think we all think is going to happen, then we've seen him pepper his number one guy. Like Mike Evans, like we said, has had so why many. Why, 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 why do we think that Jameis Winston is going to be the quarterback over Taysom Hill? Taysom Hill did a pretty good job. He was named the starter. And now Drew Brees is gone. I'm not saying that I disagree. I'm just wondering what kind of information you're looking at to say that you be- that you're giving the nod to Jameis Winston over Taysom Hill. So a lot of beat writers are talking about Jameis Winston probably being the guy, um, but that they're going to stick. I think Sean Payton loves using Taysom as the gadget. I don't think mm. he really wants to run his full offense through him. I don't really don't think he wants to run it through Jameis, but they weren't going to, they didn't like this quarterback class based on where they were picking. And I think that they got both guys on a one-year deal kind of essentially, and then they'll just ride this one more year and then try to get in on next year's quarterback class. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I just think that as well, like Jameis, has a bigger arm and so i think when you are looking at that offense and what sean payton likes to do like we have to remember what drew Brees used to do too like drew Brees used to really air it out and i think that that's what sean payton also wants to do but he hasn't been able to because drew Brees hasn't been able to have the arm strength to do so and we've seen on the limited action that that Jameis came in and did uh, last year that he was pretty effective and efficient on the on the few. Yeah, granted, it's not a big sample size, but I do think that with Sean Payton, you know, maybe with with uh, him getting his eyes, you know, back to 2020 vision uh, that maybe Jameis could potentially lead this. And we already know that he could put up stats like he that was never the thing was he was always putting up stats. He was throwing, you know, 5000 yards, but he was just throwing a lot of picks as well. So pretty loose. Yeah. Yeah. If he, if he can go ahead and lock it up and, and get a little bit tighter and uh, elevate his thought process in terms of playing football, Jameis Winston, we all know that he could be a serious uh, uh, problem in the NFL on that Michael mm-hmm. Thomas pick then you assume would be his number one target and we've seen mm-hmm. him be the number one receiver in the NFL, but there are a lot of question marks really though, right? Like he's, he's infamous for just running the slant routes. He had Drew Brees kind of force feeding him along that way. Uh, that's an interesting pickup for Michael Thomas. I, I'm definitely stoked if I get him in the third, uh, I, but I kind of understand why he might be slipping a little bit. I do think it's kind of funny that people like hate on that. Cause it's like, you know, like if you're really good at something and then your quarterback, like that's what he can throw, of course, like that's, what's going to be in the game plan. But I feel like Michael Thomas can do so much more than that. He, that's just what they needed him to do. And so and if you get him and, and then he busts out and does a lot more. You're, you're certainly stoked. I, I wanted to shift it over to another wide receiver who I think got a little bit disrespected here in Travi. That was DeAndre Hopkins, your end of the third round pick who if I was picking in this third round and saying which guy made me go, oh, I wanted him, I think it would be DeAndre Hopkins for me, who just in his year one debut with Arizona looked phenomenal, looked like he was who we thought he could be, Travi. Yeah, and the only problem I don't, 
like with Hopkins is he doesn't get peppered like he did in, in Houston. Yeah. I mean, he demands a good target share there and they've brought in more weapons, but I'm going to go ahead and go with more is better. You know, like if we're getting more opportunities in Arizona because they improve the offense, that's yeah. only going to lead to better things for DeAndre. And DeAndre's really just came into his own as the alpha in Arizona, which we knew he was an alpha when he moved there. But yeah. that Hail Mary catch and the, the swag yeah. after that, I mean, he is the guy there. So regardless of what comes into town, I just I think he's a bargain at the end of the third round here. Still only 28 years old. Uh, so some still good legs on him. And then what I was able to do was get, you know, McLaurin and DJ Shark for the youth factor to pair with him. I actually really would have completed the trifecta with Mike Evans there. But uh, Don mm. Flick took him right before me. But right before, uh, yeah. I did. I, I love. I love me some Hopkins. Nuke, Hopkins Nuke is the man. He closed the year out with five games of double-digit targets coming his right. way, and that was an increase. So it would suggest that him and Kyler Murray are getting a groove going. And uh, I love all the added points he put in there. A better offense, more first downs, more opportunities. I don't think anybody's challenging D Hop for that number one slot. Travis is. I, I got to hand it to Travis. He's he's really putting a team and a squad together over here. Like D Hop, Terry McLaurin, and and DJ Chark, and then grab Miles Gaskins there in the six. Like that's now, and that's what I was talking about earlier, right? Like you you're able to, especially if you trade down. Like look at this value, and that's what's nice about doing these mock drafts or watching these mock drafts is you're gonna see, unlike the people who might be you know, just drafting for the first time or not think mock drafting is important. You know, they'll, they'll start reaching on guys or, or making dumb moves because they don't realize the value that comes much later in drafts. And, uh, and so, yeah, Travis handing it to you, dude, like, Nice. Appreciate I like that. that. We'll see. There's still a lot to go. But I, I, the thing was, is like we were talking about at the top, Austin and Johnny, we were talking about what can you do with a dynasty and, and these these career lengths. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, maybe I punt running back a little bit from the end of this draft, try to really hammer in wide receiver, especially starting three of them, especially yeah. PPR. Um, and so we'll see how that pans out. I think it's just a. sometimes you want to go with those. Uh, those longer shelf lives when you know it. And it's like, if I got to take yeah. a miles Gaskin and then in two years, he isn't the guy. Oh, well, I'll get in on the running back market in the next couple of years through the rookie. Draft. Invest in that heavy because you've already got DJ shark, McLaren and Hopkins who are going to be your go-tos. Right. Barring any substantial injury for the next three, four five years on that timeline there. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, this is a personal question following the Terry McLaren pick big Travi there in the fourth. Wanted to ask the same question about the fifth, and we start to see some more rookies coming off the board, newly selected rookies. Sanaji Harris in the second, leading the way for Pittsburgh. I don't think there's any surprises about that pickup. But the one for me that has, and it's not just because I, I roster James Robinson in our dynasty league here. I think it's a really fair question. If Travis Etienne was it was selected right behind Najee Harris, going to play again with. Um, uh, Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville now. But then we see Urban Meyer coming out with these lines that were playing him as a wide receiver. Uh, we're looking at him being more of a third down back with Carlos Hyde and James Robinson taking the early load. Is Travis Etienne shaping up to be a disappointment if you take him early on in rookie drafts, expecting him to be more of a traditional running back for your squad? 
Yeah, I can't get a, a solid take on ETN just yet. And I, I know I love that you brought up everybody talks about the third down back, but not enough people talk about what Urban Meyer said there, Austin, about making him actually a slot wide receiver and actually using him as like more of a, uh, a receiving weapon, which makes you feel bad about like ETN maybe and makes you feel bad about LaVisca Chenault possibly yeah, and no. what they're going to do there. And so uh, um, into a Tavon Austin, He's, they're going to use him like five plays a game. Urban Meyer just strikes me as a guy that's like trying to mess it up. Like he is literally <laughs> like, I am going to be as kitschy and as funky and weird and like my guys only and like this. And I'm just like, dude, and you you root for him. Like, I'd love to see him motivate. But um, uh, this seems a little bit tough for me to get behind. And so for that reason, like ETN, like I'm not exactly in on, especially in redraft. He's going to be overdrafted, I think, because people he was a walking touchdown. I get why people love him. Like he was a playmaker. He is elusive one of the most elusive backs to come out of college based on pff metrics um so is andy isabella right yeah exactly so you look at guys that like that can happen and then the, the situation means everything and james robinson's gonna get that volume and that goal line work most likely so if they're gonna use him as a wide receiver i don't know if i love that for the first year quarterback coming in i might love it because he, he yeah like I just don't know if that's the guy you want to build your your running back room around. I guess is what I'm getting at. So uh, there are a couple of a couple of important things or like kind of um, cookie crumble trails here that you Ooh. can kind of look into. What kind of cookie crumbles. So, some pretty interesting ones. So um, it, it could be uh, well, Snickerdoodle, yeah, Snickerdoodle, dude. Like that's <laughs> that's where you gotta like you have to always lead with that one because that like gets some in, you know, get your mouth get some going. Dude. But so Urban Meyer uh, is so it's been reported or beat reports are saying that Urban Meyer plans to use Travis Etienne like the like uh, Percy Harvin, like a new Percy Harvin, mm. and so. But that's just like one part of it. The other thing that came out over the weekend was that um, or so I don't know if it was necessarily over the weekend, but I heard it over the weekend was that the Jaguars actually their plan wasn't to take Travis Etienne. Their plan was they really wanted Kadarius Tony, the uh, wide receiver no. that the Giants got. And because because he's a gadget guy and because they weren't able to get him, that's why they went with ETN. And so I am just like, yes, the potential is obviously there uh, for Travis Etienne as far as like we we know kind of what we what we've seen from um, from Percy Harvin. Here's what's interesting and why I think Travis Etienne's value actually goes up, even though he's not going to be slotted necessarily at the wide, a running back position. And, and that's because of like he'll be used a lot more all over the field. And so they're going to want to use him in the red zone. And when you're talking about a position where you can potentially use that for a running back position, because he'll have that dual, you know, position uh, eligibility. So wide receiver and running back potentially that becomes so much more valuable in fantasy football because of where you can play them and how you can stack your roster. So that I think is what's going to be really, really interesting is how they, you know, note him. Cause if they leave him as a running back and he's getting wide receiver and moving all over, I think that that makes him a little bit more valuable. Or if they do end up designating him and saying, okay, we're going to put him more importantly at the wide receiver as well, because he plays a lot of slot receiver, then that's where the trick comes in and the, the cheat code. 
he's starting to shake out to me like he would be a cheat code if he was originally a wide receiver that is now getting a ton of reps in the running back room. But if you're getting a running back who you're hoping to get 15 touches a game and now he's spending the majority of his time practicing out of the slot, that to me is a Lynn Bowden downgrade. No, no, that to I, me is one of those well, Tavon right, Austin. I, I, what are you what is your what do you even do here? I'm I'm not I saying the I'm, only I'm more so saying if you're able to put him in the wide receiver slot and yeah. he's and he's like you know used he's going to get like running back kind of targets and and usage, right? Because he'll get like 10 to 12 uh touches a game maybe 12 through the air too yeah combined like total yeah and and yeah. so i think if you're able to do that but you're able to slot him at the wide receiver position because he's playing the majority of his routes out of the slot i think that's where he becomes really valuable because percy harvin was a wide receiver yeah we've got we've got the chat popping off here on comparisons and i i heard austin talk about you know like well johnny talked about percy harvin then we're talking about lynn bowden and then the guys are talking about like maybe naheem hines situation here mm-hmm. i just want to remind everyone the draft capital for etn is way better than all those guys we've mentioned okay so we're talking about etn uh going in the first round and i'm not saying he's he's valid the harvin first was round. in the first round too right okay uh oh yeah i, I think, don't remember yeah probably uh, but other than but Kayvon other Austin than the, too. yeah, other top 10 other than those other guys, like I just for me, I think ETN could go down the gadget route, but the draft capital would have you suggest or would suggest that they're going to try to manufacture him work regardless. So wh- whether or not he can get it done with that work, I yeah. don't know, um, but they should uh, money wise, capital wise, be spending a lot of time getting him going. I I don't think. You know, Donnie's coming in here saying I chose him specifically for PPR. And I think, yeah, I, 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 you're valid in, in wanting to if you're going to hang your hat on him, that's the 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 talent you want to hang it on is his elusiveness and the cat pass catching. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to uh, elevate this offense. It's just like what in what ways and does he going to only go for ETN, you know, and, and hammer him with targets out of the slot? I, I don't know. Maybe he, maybe that's his go to guy from the yeah. relationship they had back in Clemson. Maybe this gives him a leg up. Maybe you know. Tebow's his go to guy. Who knows? Maybe you know? speaking and you've got yourself, <laughs> Travi, an opportunity to keep holding out on tight end as people keep. Foolishly <laughs> passing on Kelvin Benjamin and Tim Tebow <laughs> said with a, a little uh, bit of, of sarcasm, but it is it is a fun one to see. I did want to catch up to a couple of the picks here before we let the rest of the draft get away. You guys did a great job giving some answers of who you were most stoked about in rounds two and three. We talked a lot about round four here, specifically with Travis Etienne. I think it's a really intriguing storyline that'll continue to develop and we'll continue to talk about a second wide receiver running back off the board second one in the first round going to play with his quarterback from college but enough on that matter i wanted to give my take of who i'm stoked about here in the fourth round and if he was selected and i just missed him i would have been like ah such a bummer and that's clyde edwards alaire deep in the fourth round this is a guy who his rookie season had over 1100 or excuse me exactly 1100 yards a little over 800 on the ground just under 300 through the air averaged i know it was a disappointing output from a lot of different metrics for the first running back taken off the board going to what was expected to be the number one offense in the league but Clyde Edwards Alaire still finished with 4.4 yards per carry 1100 yards total um and uh uh 
handful of touchdowns as well. So I'm just excited to see what this running back will do in his second year. And if you got a guy that young playing for that good squad who didn't draft a running back this year, I'm pretty stoked about him in the fourth. And did work on their offensive line, not only in the yes. draft, but trading for pieces. They realized that the running game and protecting Patrick Mahomes was huge for them. It's a reason why they lost the Super Bowl in their mind, and we saw that. A real um, so, I like that pick. Good job, man. Yeah, I think uh, I think CEH is, is a definite. Uh, I'm buying the dip on CEH for sure. Dude, I'm buying the spike on David Montgomery going into the fifth round. I feel like I got to give a kudos to Johnny on this one. You too, Travi, who had been really pushing David Montgomery from a possibility perspective since his inception in the NFL. Um, and then a lot of talk about his elite opportunity he was getting. And then we all know what he did at the end of the year, top five running back uh, to close it out to be a top five running back in PPR leagues and a top six in standard leagues overall in the year just had an insane finish and i think that david montgomery is a pretty exciting prospect both for dynasty startups as we're mocking right now as well as for redraft i think he's almost going kind of criminally low his adp as it stands right now i think that's going to continue to bump up what do you think johnny i don't it, it'll be interesting to see if it does creep up um now i only say that because there are a lot of people who don't believe in that uh in that finish because they they look and say oh the schedule was you know favorable he also had all these opportunities because mm. of no other running backs there they brought in uh you know williams and they have cohen coming back and so all of this uh would tend to lead to that he can't do it again and yeah sure maybe he can't be a top five back because all those things aren't going to line up but we also have to remember like people keep saying oh he you know his production went up as soon as cohen uh left the lineup and it certainly did go up uh more substantially because the opportunities went up but we also have to remember that he started off slow because he was coming off a groin injury. He mm. he slipped two weeks before the the start of the season, and they there were a lot of reports saying it, came, it you know they came off the bone like all the, it was bad, right? And then yeah. for him to come back, uh, you know the timeline on a on a severe injury was like six weeks. Well, he came back at four. Um, or actually he, he even started, he even started off slow. Right. And then you saw him get that. So I believe, you know, looking at the glass half full that it was not only the fact that he got the more touches, but he also started to get healthy around that time. And I think that's why the bears were comfortable with, and, you know, not signing another running back or going with him. And I do believe that this offense and Nagy likes to use one, one running back more so than multiple like it because they want he wants to be able to uh you know not tip the defense as to what they might almost be to doing. a fault right like right. montgomery shouldn't have been the guy after his rookie year with that yeah. they rolled out with such confidence but they did and it looks to be paying off yeah and so i think with those combination of things it's going to keep his draft stock around the same but i do think it's a value because i do think they do trust in and david montgomery i think the with them getting justin fields we talk about how a rushing quarterback kind of hinders uh the uh the running back in the sense of it does take a couple of rushing attempts away, but it also more so hinders and caps the uh, receiving work from running backs more so than it does an actual rushing standpoint. And for that reason, you know, David Montgomery wasn't his, he didn't get a lot of his uh, points from receptions. He got it on the ground and yeah, he did get some through the, the air, 
But I will say that I still think he can still finish as, you know, a mid RB2 on the low side and maybe like a, a, a late RB1 on the high side because this offense could be more efficient uh, if these quarterbacks can kind of work it out. I think oh, they're definitely better. he definitely absolutely can. Right. He was yeah. playing with a whole host of, of what quarterback do I get this week, Alex? And yeah. he still finished to perform as a mid round RB1. Yeah. Uh, so it's definitely in the mix again this year, especially if he avoids injury. And if Justin Fields outperforms, then watch out. That could be a steal pick. Moving other to another running back drafted a couple of years ago, though, Big Travi. In that sixth round, you took Gaskin, leaving Josh Jacobs still on the board. Yeah, it was. Uh, I actually looked at Jacobs because I also took uh, Sermon right after. Or I'm sorry, is that true? No, I'm sorry. That was the Shark other and Gaskin. Yeah, uh, yeah, Shark and Gaskin. Uh, I did look at Jacobs. I, I was looking at it, but I have not liked where they have not used him in the passing game consistently, and what they have done to bring in other guys as, such as Kenyon Drake. And I just Jamal for Williams. me, oh, never mind, that's yeah. Detroit. Uh, for me, it's just Gaskin has the unlimited volume right now, and I'm mm. kind of taking that that bet, you know, on yeah. him. I think he's a seventh rounder. I don't think he's anything crazy special, but Miami loves him, and they didn't draft anybody outside of seventh round this year. Um, and so for me, I just I'm really buying in on that Miami offense, all the uh, extra opportunities, and the fact that Brian Flores showed his hand. He's not like Belichick in the fact that he gives it to one guy if he's the guy. You know, we saw that all last year. So I'm just buying that volume right there. And and unfortunately, if we're looking at up and down arrows, Jacob's volume has a huge down arrow coming into this year. And Gaskin might not be a sexy spot, but it's an improving Miami team. And Gaskin was their best running back, and it could be really his load. And you know what I think is great about like choosing Gaskin over a Jacobs here? It's going to be a lot harder for me to cut ties with Jacobs, you know, if I draft him there, just because of the draft pedigree for him, what you think he's supposed to be, all of this stuff, you that built sunk cost value. Um, I think the other the, the other thing for me is like with Gaskin, if it's not working after this year or, or halfway into this year and they go to someone else, okay, I'll cut ties. That's fine. It's Miles Gaskin, seventh round running back. Like I don't, you know, for me, it's a lot easier to get out of that if I need to and, and trade out of it if I need if to. If the tea leaves read right, that's a pretty great read. I, I'm feeling what you're doing. It's fun to definitely do it in a mock. I don't know if I'd have the cojones to pull that off in a real mock the, draft of Gaskin over Jacobs, but thing- I, I, I feel what you're saying. The thing that I like about Gaskins uh, is the fact that he av- averaged 4.1 yards per carry. And, and you guys know, uh, you know, I'm not a huge yards per carry guy, uh, but he did that behind the league's worst offensive line, which then when you put it in that perspective, I do think that it, that's significant. Uh, and and he was able to produce so well for you that if, you know, they they get a better offense line they you know gel well that offense you know comes together I do believe that he could be a very very good running back yeah just to see about that opportunity Miami's a really fun team looking at seeing what they're about so Joe Johnny's here making his 11th round selection Travi sticking here in that sixth round I just wanted to know between Deontay Johnson Chase Claypool Jerry Judy who would you rather have on your wide receiver dynasty startup team So I six. think I'd probably lean. This is tough, man. Both, 
both teams in like funky quarterback positions. I guess I'll take Claypool just because I know, you know, the big brain thing here, Austin, this may hurt, hurt us a little bit, but the big brain thing here would be to take Jerry Judy and hope that Denver makes the trade for Aaron Rodgers. You know, you're like, Oh, like oh let's try God. and like get ahead of that. Um, but I think really I would go with Claypool, the upside, the build, the Over Deontay Johnson too. Yeah, I would. Yeah, it's just like the prospect wise. So what happens, you know, when they change quarterbacks eventually? I think talent wins out. You know, I think that that big bodied frame, that ability to get down the field. They call him him Mapletron. Um, And like, I just think he's just such a great athlete. And so, yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm just leaning on that. Now, I think Judy's great. And I think Judy gets overlooked because his catch rate was really low in his rookie year. But I'm all about Claypool, man. I think that's the the pick there. Yeah, I think Deontay Johnson has been getting this alpha role because of his position on the team. But you look at the physicals between Claypool and Johnson, which, hey, Antonio Brown's got similar physicals to Deontay Johnson and was one of the best wide receivers in the league for many years. Uh, but Claypool is looking really nice as well. And he's a, that's a big dude, six foot four, uh, 227 pounds, just 22 years old. I, I like that as well. Um, yeah. So I moving, moving it forward. And Johnny had just gotten done. He took Devontae Parker here in the 11th, but Johnny, I wanted to get your take on the seventh. If there was any running backs here, it made you go, damn, how is this guy still available? Um, which could help give listeners a, a kind of a good idea who maybe they should be targeting a little bit uh, uh, later on here. At least I'll let you, I, I guess I want to get your take before I, I keep running, Johnny. Who are you looking at here in the seventh round that you're like, wow, how is he still available? That's a steal. Well, I think I think Mike Davis in the seventh round is a very nice steal, uh, especially when you're talking about some of these later round running backs. If you need to patchwork, Mike Davis is going to come into some very nice opportunity there uh, in Atlanta. But yeah, Trey Sermon, uh, Travis, once again, just I, I really like what he's putting together here. The Trey Sermon pick for the 49ers. We know how effective that running back room is we also know how injury prone that running back room is and so i think that there could be a very nice opportunity sooner rather than later uh for trey sermon to really put a stamp on uh one of the league's best running back uh or running games so i really if it's his right if it's his offense watch yeah, out that is yeah. such a steal he's a big running back so yeah what are the I, chances what are the chances that he ends up getting more than 50 percent of the snap share more than 50 percent of the touches not holding you to it. Not right. Uh, I'm not going to write it in blood. I'm going to say just because they traded up. That's the big thing that's being talked about is that they yeah. traded up into the the to get that pick. They used some capital there, and because as Johnny said, this has been an injury prone uh, backfield, and all of their other guys are undrafted or six rounders that come through. You know, Raheem Mostert's one of the best undrafted free agents we've ever seen. I just think Sermon is a big back that, like, as Johnny said, that can absorb some of these hits. And his running style is such that he played in that wide zone scheme. So he understands it already. There's a lot working in his favor. So, you know, I'd say 60. That's why I draft him where I do. That's why I think he's a great dynasty pick. I think he's even a good redraft pick. You know, Evan Silva has been quoted as saying as one of those long shot uh, uh, offensive rookie of the years. Like it could be Trey Sermon. You could be sitting there at the end of the year that that's a good bet if you're looking for a futures bet, uh, just because the odds that you get on it. So I think Sermon is is definitely a guy to keep your eye on. Is you know you hope he doesn't get un- overdrafted, but I thought I liked where I got him here, especially no, I like building. Where you, yeah. I like you got him too there, Johnny. I like to mention Mike Davis. I gotta throw him out there. I like James well, Robinson there in the seventh. 
Yeah. That's a guy who should be getting a lot of load too, and even we were, if we were it's talking, going exactly how Urban Meyer says it's going to be. I love that you brought this up. It's just not a take that's being talked about enough is I think that ETN and Robinson are probably, especially in redrafts, going to flip positions here where ETN is going to be overdrafted. And there's going to be a lot of room to draft James Robinson and get a value there because of that. And I think that's what we're seeing here. I, I love that you brought that up. It's a conflicting take that not enough people are talking about. How we just Robinson's saw the guy get it done. Value. Yeah. Like we, we saw him actually perform really well on a really bad team. And even if it's not your guy, there's a, there's a pretty quick way to become a coach's guy, and that's to show up on time, do good work, and make plays. Right. I don't think James Robinson is going to have a hard time with that. Um, he's still so young and everything. Well, it's like I was talking to Johnny. The big question for me is this, Austin. Okay, do we think that Trevor Lawrence increases this, or like improves this offense? A little bit. I'm not going to say okay. as much as I think people think he will, but a little bit. He's, well, yeah, last year, bit. that same offense that he's now going to improve produced the RB7 in fantasy football. So if we think that they're going to be better, there should be more meat on the bone. So even if they are splitting and he's getting passing down work seated, he's still going to be probably the goal line guy more times than not. And the short, the short yardage, you know, grinder. And if the offense is better, I mean, I'm not saying I think his ceiling now isn't RB one status. Like it's probably fringe RB one is probably his ceiling now, but uh, because of those receiving work being seated, but that's still good. You know, if you can get him later than he's been going. Yeah, I, uh, I, so we'll I, I want to. So Matt asked Mike Davis, the career backup, when I thought we were talking about, uh, hey, he could everyone needs to get an opportunity. And once they did, he got we he saw he was a PPR ranked RB 12 and uh, and then in standard, he was RB 18. And now he should get now. I'm once again, it is a dynasty league. Am I saying this is a long term solution at the running back position? No, but. Again, if you need a running back for a year or two and you're going to be able to get that starter in the seventh round, I do think that is some value there. Well, and like just to Matt, just to ask you, like, what did the Falcons do? What have they shown us that they're bringing in another guy? They literally brought in Mike Davis. They've done nothing else. Now, they could still sign Gurley back. They could sign Adrian Peterson, Johnny's favorite running back on the market. But. Uh, they haven't done it so far, and no team has more vacated carries than Atlanta with 384. No team has more unaccounted for carries, or they were second in the league in uh, goal or in uh, runs inside the five that they're not bringing back. 17 runs inside the five last year with Todd Gurley that they're not bringing back yet. So Mike Davis is set up on volume alone for RB2 upside. Uh, so that's that's what you're buying there. And then to get them as cheap as you can, like that's... Josh A saying, I personally think Todd Gurley go, will go to Miami. That well, makes I hope sense. Not. Hope, not? I, I, I hope <laughs> not either. Uh, Ryan Weiss from uh, Club Fantasy FFL. Uh, it's popping in here. Love Lawrence deep ball combined with the Chark and Jones. You could see more DPI calls and more goal line carries, thus more TDs for J-Rob. I love that. And so Ryan Weiss with the big brain inside, dude. Uh, also, we'll be uh, going on their show on uh, Wednesday. We'll be doing a mock draft with them. So make sure you catch that. We'll be going live. That is going to be at uh, 4 p.m. Our guy Donnie over here bringing up Patterson in the running back room for Atlanta. That's uh, – oh, come on, oh, Donnie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on now. Come on now. We got some other good takes in here. Uh, Josh, uh, our Whisper Nation champ, uh, Deontay Johnson, targets out of this world in reference to that yeah. clay pool, Deontay Johnson. But remember, we're talking here in dynasty setup. We're looking at the long haul, which includes I, Ben Roethlisberger not being there in a year or two. 
and I get I get the case you're making for Deontay, just a volume for monster, sure. and I and I get it 100. percent And and really, what it'll come down to is your personal preference, right, Austin? Like, do I want the volume and the safe play? Do I want Jarvis Landry and the safe play, or do I want the mystery box upside of OBJ? You know, do I want the safe play in Deontay Johnson in the volume, or do I want the mystery upside in Chase Claypool? And I'll just say some of the touchdowns Claypool scored last year had me really excited. They so, reminds me of last year of the in redraft leagues, Tyler Lockett versus DK Metcalf. Yes. Now I'm not putting Chase Claypool and DK Metcalf on the same spectrum, but I kind of am. And Tyler Lockett is the PPR target monster who has the rapport with Russell Wilson. And then DK Metcalf though is the large in charge physical freak who still got some holes in his game, who showed us last year that those holes don't matter i will throw stefan gilmore to the ground with right. joy and i think chase claypool he's young he's developing he has a higher ceiling than a deontay johnson whose main game comes from force-fed targets hey chase claypool could get force-fed targets by the next quarterback in pittsburgh too and these are human beings who are looking to improve and if that does happen he's got more to step into than, than a five foot ten deontay johnson does that's just Strip club Dwayne Haskins over there in Pittsburgh. Maybe he's the heir apparent. Who knows? <laughs> up there. Um, before we get, we're coming down to the last two and a half rounds here. Uh, not necessarily need to be lightning quick, but I did want to get your guys's take of guys here now in the eighth round, and then each one down. Who, you're, if they were taken in your draft room, you go, oh my god, how is he still there? I was really hoping that I could get him, guys, that we might be expecting to climb up ADP ranks as the season gets a little bit closer. We just touched on there on the seventh round. A lot of good names in there. The eighth round, starting to get a little bit drier. But damn, but we still got some big names. Julio Jones and Odell Beckham all the way down there in the eighth. Is, is that where they should be, or is that um, is that well, an oversight? It was interesting. I'm going to bring up, so eighth and ninth, too. But Matt was saying earlier, Eighth and ninth round is full of win now receivers, Lockett, yeah. Woods, Julio. Uh, personally, I'm more a Curtis Samuel kind of guy, though. Yeah, I, I was going to say Curtis Samuel initially there just because I think this opportunity to get reunited with the coaching staff in Washington is very exciting um, to have Ryan Fitzpatrick this year, at least uh, kind of slinging the ball to him. There's some things working in Curtis Samuel's favor, but yeah, Robert Woods being there, especially in a PPR with, with Matt Stafford coming in like that is definitely a win now situation, but also maybe a couple years, you know, maybe not just as win now as a Julio or an Odell in some of these in this round, maybe, you know, Kurt or maybe uh, Robert Woods is a guy that lasts for a few years more. Dude, even i love what they were saying here tony reimer in the chat just said damn disappointed i missed this one 12 team super flex dino is my favorite and then says julio is a smash in yeah, the eighth well tony we we mock draft every single monday uh at noon eastern time 3 p.m pacific Make or no no i no sorry 3 p.m Pacific time or Eastern time, three <laughs> Eastern, three Eastern, 12. I'll do you one even better, Tony. Yeah. If you yeah. go ahead and go to the, to the comments, I just dropped it in there. Go to that discord channel. You'll get the link every Monday there. Uh, and you're, and you'll get to scratch your fantasy football itch all week now because we're going to be in there talking fantasy football. So Tony, get in there, click that link, go to the Discord channel, and welcome to the show, man. And that's not just Tony-specific, Whisper Nation. Join our Discord FF chat. It's where we're going to be going to for all of our early-on messages, um, advice, getting different threads, links, video clips dropping. (laughs) 
Um, and if you haven't subscribed to our Patreon account, that's the other opportunity you have to jump ahead, support the show, and help us grow alongside all of you guys. So if you haven't gone ahead and followed along on Patreon um, or joined the Discord chat, please do. And at uh, an even lighter lift, you can go ahead and just like and subscribe on YouTube. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as well. Those would be the big four right now. You, you can catch the me? live links coming every day, or excuse me, every Monday for our sleeper rooms, as well as then the content that's usually deployed through YouTube, but put forward on all of the social media platforms. Make sure you give those a like and a follow as well. Unbelievable. Travis, uh, auto picks, Joni Smith. Uh, yeah, Joni Smith. I didn't mean to. Oh, well, didn't mean to. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, we well, I was, I, you know, I was over here working for the brand. You well, know, I wish, links in I the wish comments. you wouldn't have. I wish Unreal. I wouldn't have auto drafted you, Jonu Smith. I want you know, me I too. wanted him. Well, it's working uh, though. We've got, we've got Matt here. You see in the comments saying, "Hell yeah!" I didn't know you had boys had a Discord. I'll see you there. Oh Looking yeah, there, baby. That. Looking forward to that. Um, Absolutely. Uh, I, I hate one there. I hated Donnie, these two picks. Is it? I pre- Donnie. Uh, I, I went these. to. Yeah, Ahmed, that's not bad. Yeah, that's Travi. Yeah, I like that pairing up with Gaskin. You should yeah, have the back all right. now. It's, yeah, it's all right. I, I, I mean, then again, you had Jordan Smith, Howard and, and Matt Breda last year, and thought you had the backs from Miami too. And <laughs> I mean, Jordan it's, Howard. Man. It's, well, he was. He was scoring touchdowns for you with three bit. yards. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, well, sticking oh, here, I just wanted to get the. Look at that. We got There's 11 people in here. Whisper Smash Nation. Like you heathens. Oh, my God. Tony. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> our guy. Over yeah. yeah. It, it, where Where has this guy been? He's, he yeah, just, get you dude, he, he just hops in here and he, he's like fits right in with Whisper Nation because they, they, we usually, we got, we got guys. We'd love to have you here, man. Yeah. This is fantastic. Uh Oh, damn. Chenault going in the 10th. I just saw that one there. And that's even around lower. Uh, I, I just think that's such a great pick so late. I'm a big Chenault fan. I think his limits have not even been freaking well, understood. Well, you guys Look, I, I know I know Johnny, you're coming up here, so uh, I want you to make your pick, but I want you to talk a little more on the Jonas Smith thing because I am not very much into Jonas Smith, but do you think with the drafting of Mac Jones that you're excited about the future of Jonas Smith coming in here? Uh, can you speak a little bit on that? You've been a tight end whisperer as well as a fantasy whisperer for a few years now. And uh, what I one of my favorite pastimes is to hit you up on one of your sleeper tight ends and then steal him from you that year. So if you could just speak a little bit more on Jonu Smith uh, for Whisper Nation and also for me. And while you're getting that pick there, we have Matt. This kind of ties into there. Tell me what you think about this trade. San Francisco PPR, Mac Jones, Amon, uh, and Davis Mills for Deshaun Watson and Darnell Mooney. I'm the one who got Watson. Actually, that's too much to tag into what Travis just said, so we'll have to hold that. Excuse me for trying to buy Johnny some time. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, okay, for so for Jonu Smith, the reason why I really like him going to New England, and why I think that they're going to start to turn this into what we saw with Gronk and uh, and and Aaron Andrews a few years ago. Aaron Hernandez. Uh, or Aaron, right? her, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not Aaron Andrews. Uh, Aaron, <laughs> Aaron, yeah, that was uh, not... Uh, anyway, so I believe that's what they are trying to do. They are going to... Uh, there have been some beat reporters that have said, like, Jono could play a little bit on, in the slot as well. They went out and got guys that could create separation and uh, are really good at contested catches, and that is what you're seeing from Jonu, and because 
because, you know, their offense wasn't super sexy last year and Cam didn't do a whole lot. You saw, you know, you're seeing that effect because Jonu Smith is going so deep in drafts. However, you have seen the talent of Jonu Smith. He was a number one overall tight end last year. And so I think because the targets are going to be there because they don't have a plethora of weapons, they did go out and add some weapons, but I don't think it's enough to take uh, a, a huge chunk away from Jonu. I think he'll have a very nice role in this offense, and I think he'll have that Gronkish role for them. And I think we can see, we've seen Cam produce for a tight end. And then guess what? If Cam doesn't produce and you get Mac Jones in there, what do we say about rookies Every single year, they love to go to the tight end. And so that's why I'm very uh, excited and, and, and pretty confident that Jonu Smith will be a very serviceable tight end this year. I think uh, he has the potential to be, you know, maybe a top seven. I'm not saying that he'll be, you know, like that number one overall tight end at all, but he could be a top seven, top five ish uh, type of, of tight end. Yeah. I love the case you're laying here. I'm going to have to look a little bit more at it. I, I think, you know, Hunter Henry scares me off a little bit because he's been so productive and, and having both of them. Who there, becomes the alpha, the tight end? Is it Hunter or is it Jonah? I think I, it's I don't Jonah. Know that you could, I don't I know think if it's you can, I don't know if you can say it's going to be Jonu. Like Jonu ended up seeding alpha work to Anthony Ferkser last year in that offense. So, yeah. um, I, I mean, I, I mean, I get it. I, I think Jonu's the better, probably all around prospect, more athletic um, for the move tight end position. But Henry's no slouch either. And he's been very productive in his career. But that's going to be an interesting one to see how that shakes right. out. And I just like at least them going for it with the two tight end foundation for the offense, you know. They don't have any killer wide receivers. Yeah, one key piece of like uh, being able to have Aaron Hernandez and Gronk do what they did is just a guy named Tom Brady. Tom Brady. You know, just, a, just a little piece right there that was able to make that work. We'll see what they got cooking over in New England. It's going to be a fun recipe to see what Belichick puts together. Even if it doesn't hit, it'll be fun to see what I love how we say it's fun, but they're probably just going to load the the lineup and run the ball as much as they can next year. (laughs) Is this going to be more of Bilitrex, or should we be putting a little bit more stock potentially there into um, their fourth-round selection uh, being uh, Ramondre Stevenson, the Patriots, 231-pound back there? When me and Johnny did the uh, rookie landing spot show, which you guys can find on YouTube, so make sure you guys look back at that show. We've got all the rookie running back landing spots. Ramondre was a guy that we looked at the tape, and especially Johnny said, look, I looked at this tape, and I was like, this guy can actually get it done. And if you think back to LeGarrette Blunt, not saying that's what Ramondre is going to do, get 16 touchdowns or 14 touchdowns or whatever, but that possibility is in there with them – the Patriots, since I've been born, basically have been top five in running back carries. Like they've been top five in like running the ball. So it's not something they're ever going to stop doing. And if you can nail the guy, that's the whole thing. But I think he's coming so cheap. Like get a cheap piece of this backfield and roll the dice. The rest of the guys are still so cheap too. And the other guys he's competing with, Sony Michelle and Damian Harris, have more draft pedigree than he does. First round selection in Sony Michelle, second or third round selection in Damian Harris, and they're still on their rookie contracts. I know they're not good, but they are there. No, I, and I, he's, I'm, you have to, um, just, of course, this is like a depth piece, a depth piece, 
And I'm not saying that he's going to be a starter this year, but in a dynasty league, I think he's super interesting because of the size. He's a monster running back as well as he's very good at catching out of the backfield. The other thing that is really interesting with him and why I think he fits into Bill Belichick's type of player is that he started off college at, or he went to a, 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 a community college and then and he was a zero start recruit and by the time he was out or coming out of junior college to go to the university of oklahoma he was uh, i believe a four or five star recruit uh, going into that so you saw the jump right and then the fact that he went to oklahoma and we've seen so many oklahoma running backs produce at the nfl level when you couldn't stack all of those things on top of each other that's what make you say, okay, this is really, really interesting. Yeah, again, maybe not for this year, but moving forward, if Sony doesn't get re-signed, right? Because that's just like a, a well, one-year they could They could cut Sony, too. Yeah. Like That's the other thing I was reading the other day. So, like, there's pathway to him to get the opportunity. It's just like, as Austin said, Bellatrix, are we going to be able to nail that? No, but you kind of take that risk when you take players where you're taking them with these guys. I, like even, I just like that upside pick in. there, the Stevenson pick there so deep down and just in the terms of who's got that upside. I think he's one of the few running backs that we saw deep down available who would still catch my eye and be like, huh, interesting. I'm, I kind of we like did that it. We did, we did it, man. boys. That was a very, very awesome draft here. We got our The chat room is, is bottom up, but Scott, so – Formerly artist, formerly known as Death by Rona. Now the, the damn new, mind. Uh, he said, "You guys, if you don't, if you don't pick him as the best team, that we've lost our mind." I don't well, know. Let's go ahead and figure it out then. How All we're right. going to do this, right? So correct <laughs> me if I'm wrong here. Uh, what we'll do is Johnny Travis and I will take turns alternating. We'll pick one of. We'll take who we thought between the guys that we evaluated individually. Uh, who did the best of the of the personnel that we took a look at, and then Whisper Nation let us know who between those three did the best for the show. Is that how we're doing it, Johnny? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I can. St- uh, you want me? To- I'll start off since uh, I had start the, us off. the uh, third. So I'll do um, the first three guys, three four four guys, first four uh, draft three flies. Yeah, three flies here. Um, so death by Rona would be in my selection of guy of teams that I could select here now running down. Let me, I'm just going to quickly glance at this. Cause I'm just, excuse me here while I take a look at what team I would rather have. I will say captain Bob, uh, having Pat Mahomes and Matthew Stafford is a very solid quarterback group. I'm not sure if anyone else in my in my section has a better uh, quarterback group than that. Um, looking at the running backs here, I'm going to have to go CH, David Johnson, Cats Pajamas. I'm going, I've got some good drafters here, guys. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to say my team that I'm going to pick with that has the best. I got I do. I have to. I have to get a bit. I got to give it to Death by Rona for artists formerly known by Death by Rona. I do have to give it to you for uh, the best squad in my uh, section here. You took Saquon, Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards, Talaire, uh, Chris Godwin, Mark Andrews, Deshaun Watson. That's and Zach Wilson are your two quarterbacks with Jameis Winston late. Now, of course, if Deshaun Watson stuff doesn't settle. Uh, and you don't have a quarterback, then you would not be my choice here. But 
Uh, there are a lot of uh, things that are saying that Deshaun could settle and then get traded. Um, so if he plays, then I think that your team is probably the best one out of this group. And then I would probably second that with Captain Bob as my second favorite team in my group, depending on the Deshaun Watson news. Am I allowed to say that, guys? It's like, is that fair? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can have the caveat of Deshaun Watson. I think that's yeah. fair. Um, the big thing, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any qualms with the way you broke it down there. Um, so let me see. Who do I have here, right? Did you? Yeah. You yeah, went the so first four. So. I went with Captain Bob, uh, the Cats Pajamas, uh, Drew K. Lou, and the Real Whisperer. Uh, so I will get number one fan Jacob Blay, Travis Garden, Harry Geechee, and Whisper Nation uh, champ Jay Blizzy. This is going to be a heavy, heavy uh, grading here. All right, let's let's rock and roll here. Uh, we're going to start with uh, Jacob Blay, number one fan. Um, let me see if I can, if Johnny can give me the highlight on Jacob. Oh, he's got it right there. Okay, Jacob Blay. Derrick Henry started us off. Then Najee Harris, followed by Kittle, DJ Moore. Uh, Justin Fields here, early QB, but went with Justin Fields, the upside there. We know he's got the wheels. Devonta Smith, love that pick. Ryan Tannehill here to kind of uh, the floor play with the Fields upside. Robert Woods, then Mostert and Melvin Gordon. Uh, Marvin, or I'm sorry, Mac Jones. Followed by Nicole Hardman, Jarvis Landry, Hunter Henry, and Eskridge there in Seattle, kind of playing that David Moore upside. Um, I don't have it. <sighs> This is an okay team. It's not wowing me in, a, in any major way, um, but we'll, we'll kind of see how it stacks up. I, I don't have good feelings about this being the winner of the four, but we'll keep moving on here. Dak Prescott uh, for Travis Garden in the first round. Then he got Calvin Ridley and Aaron Jones. We love that if, if Aaron Rodgers stays on the team. Then Kyle Pitts with the early tight end unicorn there. Javante Williams, who should outlive Melvin Gordon in Denver and, and become the guy for them. You know, in the press conference, they said Javante is a three down back. So it would give credence to maybe Melvin Gordon leaving the team, as, as some people have speculated uh, as early as this year. So Jerry Judy, then James Robinson, you know, Austin and I uh, were talking about the value in James Robinson, maybe like kind of uh, people sleeping on him now with ETN there. I think he's going to, you know, as, as Ryan pointed out, going to get some touchdowns, uh, touchdown looks for sure. Curtis Samuel, then Ryan Fitzpatrick, a little stack there with the eight and ninth. Uh, Jared Cook here in the 10th uh, to pair with Kyle Pitts in case Pitts needs some more time. I understand that. Uh, Corey Davis. Jeff Wilson, I love the value in Jeff Wilson here just as a shot of that San Francisco backfield. Then Devin Singletary, Nelson Aguilar, probably getting slept on a little bit going to New England. We'll see how that plays out. And then Tariq Cohen, uh, two years ago, top 30 back in PPR. Uh, so don't sleep on Tariq Cohen. I know Montgomery's getting a lot of the love, but this team's not bad. Uh, I would have liked to seen a little bit better of a second quarterback. Um, Fitzpatrick, yes, he has his games, but he also has his ho-hum games that go on the – they swing the other way. And I just – this team becomes way more complete with it with another uh, more reliable quarterback. All right. Harry Geechee's next. Uh, he drafted Alvin Kamara in the first, then took Justin Herbert as his first quarterback, followed by J.K. Dobbins and then Joe Burrow. Love this two rookies last year. We're duking it out for offensive rookie of the year. And now he's got them both on his squad. I think that's a huge, bright future for this guy uh, with Harry Geechee. T. Higgins, Chase Claypool, Jalen Waddle. That's his trio of wide receivers there. Betting a lot on the Higgins out, you know, basically out being able to outshine Jamar Chase coming to town. And look, Jamar Chase is coming 
ETN. That's true. But AJ Green is leaving 100 targets. If he absorbs all those, T Higgins still can eat. Um, so I think that's OK. Uh, Claypool, we talked about. I love the upside there of just a huge prospect. And then Jalen Waddle. A lot of people call in Waddle Tyreek Hill. I don't know if we're going to crown him that early, but I like Waddle's game and he should uh, usurp. Uh, Will Fuller eventually, if not by contract status. Noah Fant, then Ronald Jones, followed by A.J. Dillon, Michael Gallup, Sam Darnold, Terrace Marshall, which I think is a huge value here in the 13th uh, over in Carolina, especially with that mini stack with Sam Darnold in a bye week or something. You could be sitting there with like maybe a week winner if that happens. Cole Komet, and then Paris Campbell. So kind of really like the start of your draft. I think at the Noah Fant, I did like the Ronald Jones pick, especially with Leonard Fournette only on another one-year deal. Um, this is this is a decent team. Uh, Jay Blizzy is up next, my final uh, candidate here for grading. Jonathan Taylor was his first running back, then Cam Akers. I love those two running backs to start us off. Michael Thomas, then Jamar Chase. Aaron Rodgers, Deontay Johnson, and Cooper Cup. So really getting the volume in here with the wide receivers. Uh, I like that. Aaron Rodgers and then Kirk Cousins in the eighth. Uh, Kirk Cousins has been a borderline QB1 uh, basically his whole career, and I think that's a fine. Him and Derek Carr are basically kind of the same guy, and as your second quarterback, I love that. Uh, He got Derek Carr there. Rashad Bateman, then Elijah Moore. Naheem Hines, Robert Tunyon, A.J. Brown, or I'm sorry, Antonio Brown, and uh, Jamal Williams. There's some value here in, in uh, Antonio Brown. Obviously, he's still kind of always a knack for trouble. Uh, one of the comments at Jay Blizzy was that he hated tight ends, but I didn't mind the Tunyon pick, especially if we're banking on Aaron Rodgers still there. Um, you just like only have the one guy. So maybe he streams the other tight end uh, for bye weeks or whatever. Uh, but I love what he built here. I mean, the two running backs then followed by Michael Thomas and then the upside of Jamar Chase, coupled with his third wide receiver being a combo of probably Deontay Johnson and Cooper Cup, at least for this year and maybe next year that's going to be good, and then you can get in on stuff um, in the coming drafts, rookie drafts. I just, yeah, I just like his, oh, man. This one's tough for me. I like his wide receivers better than I like Harry Geechee's, but I love his... Uh, his running backs, too, I think even more. And the quarterbacks I would give to Harry Geechee, but if Aaron Rodgers is still in Green Bay, uh, give me Jay Blizzy. That's the caveat. If, if Johnny can take a Deshaun Watson caveat, I'm taking the Aaron Rodgers caveat, I, and uh, I'm going to give it to I'm going to give it to Jay Blizzy here. I think that's fine. Uh, we're allowed caveats on this show. <laughs> this is a caveat show. Caveat show. Caveat on the menu. Well, we uh, we're just fancy. with Austin and without Austin and and quick adding and subtracting and multiplying and dividing. Uh, we only left Austin with two teams to discuss. So we apologize, <laughs> Austin. I. Got a yeah, little I'm excited about this. Honestly, yeah, that's easier. Yeah. Austin gets off the hook. It's easier to grade yeah. between two. It's hard to and pick then, between four. Yeah. Uh, and, and looking here at Easy Daddy's number one selection, Josh Allen. Uh, I think you're excited about getting Josh Allen in the first round, but as the fourth quarterback selected, uh, all of a sudden becomes a value pick on that. So Josh Allen and A.J. Brown, who Travis and I mentioned as we think is our number one wide receiver coming into the season, A.J. Brown that is. Austin Eckler is going to be his lead running back out in the third, Darren Waller at tight end in the fourth. Keenan Allen there in the fifth to pair along with A.J. Brown, really like that combo. And Josh Jacobs and Mike Davis as his second and third running backs is pretty good, especially as late as he got him. Julio Jones there in the eighth, nice. Carson Wentz is going to be his second quarterback. That could be sneaky good, but will probably be disappointing. But it's an exciting storyline to continue to watch, and I definitely hope the most for Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts. 
LaVisca Chenault and Rondell Moore there in the 10th and 11th rounds. Really like the Chenault pickup. Um, tight end Troutman there, rookie here for New Orleans. Uh, Palmer there, rookie wide receiver in the 13th. We got uh, Trask, the incoming quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who Adrian or uh, Arian, um, the coach, uh, Bruce Arians, excuse me, has said positive things about as of late um, and uh, closes out his draft with Elijah Mitchell. I like, I don't think you present a ton of holes here. And I think any of the pieces that aren't so exciting, such as the Mitchell or Trask or Palmer, Rondell Moore picks there, um, really kind of 11th round down, are rookie incoming dark throws, players that are going to hold value at least for two seasons. They could surprise you. You could deal them. I got nothing negative to say in a, in a dynasty startup of taking this caliber of rookies where you did. And I like a lot of the dark, dark throws with the elevated ceilings in there, the Chenault, um, the Keenan Allen, the Antonio or A.J. Brown. Uh, it's a good team. It's a good team. I'm not, I'm not in love with this squad, but I think he got a um, some good picks and capitalized on them, such as the Josh Jacobs one there really late, the Chenault one there. I think it's pretty late. Uh, it's a good team. I think it's a well drafted team, uh, and I think you'd be enjoying this one for some years to come. You need a couple of things to work out, but welcome to fantasy football. Um, moving here over to Don Flick, uh, Donnie here in the eleventh spot takes. Nick Chubb there, fantastic pickup. Um, you love to anchor your running back squad to Nick Chubb. DK Metcalf there in the second. Great, great, great uh, pickup at the wide receiver position. Literally, it's probably A.J. Brown and then DK Metcalf for me in terms of desirable wide receivers from a dynasty startup perspective. Uh, Joe Mixon and Travis Etienne, young uh, both of them are young. Joe Mixon should get crazy volume. You're hearing him already say in Cincinnati that Joe Mixon should be coming off the field. Pair that along with Nick Chubb. you got a win now, win down the road situation. And Travis Etienne is just fun no matter what, even if he ends up being more of a, a football piece and not so much of a fantasy piece. Uh, it's still an exciting pickup to have at this point. And Mike Evans there is your second wide receiver. Love that. He's still, it's crazy, only 27 years old and never had under 1,000 yards. Baker Mayfield is your number one quarterback. I think he takes a jump up this year for a lot of different reasons. Um, and you didn't pick him up until the sixth. So that's a little bit of a contrast. You were the latest uh, manager here to draft a quarterback. And I don't think it hurt you um, so far. And you got you got Daniel Jones down there in the 10th to pair along with it. Not great, but... Um, it, it flexes out your team in other ways. TJ Hawkinson there in the seventh, love that pick. And then with the uh, Irv Smith tight end combo there in the ninth, get Odell Beckham in between them. Uh, we mentioned Daniel Jones there. Marquise Brown as your fourth wide receiver. He's disappointed us up until now, but there's a lot of reasons to think he's going to improve moving forward. Uh, and you get him late. The upside is undeniable, and the risk is definitely built in when you got him as late as you did. Uh, we had mentioned about Ramondre Stevenson. It's a Patriots running back. There is other running backs on the roster, um, but it's an organization that can produce for you, whether that's with Garrett Blunt or um, uh, Stephen Ridley. Going back in the day, uh, Bilicek can still produce fantasy-relevant running backs, and you might have just gotten the most relevant one um, in the years to come. Uh, we know that uh, Kadarius Tooney's got a lot of hype attached to his name. We'll see. There's all of a sudden a ton of wide receivers and weapons in New York. Um, but the best will rise to the top, and it really could be him. Uh, McKissick and Penny there at the end. 
uh, definitely like the McKissick pickup. He was interesting in um, PPR formats, finishing as the number 17 RB in PPR formats. 36 in standard, though, so it does point to how much attention he got through the pass game that could switch with Ryan Fitzpatrick. It also might not. So I love that pickup super late. Um, good draft between Easy Daddy and Don Flick. I got a crown Don Flick. Uh, I think they just played really well of allowing the pieces to fall to him and didn't create a huge hole on his team at the quarterback spot despite waiting until the sixth round. And I just, my goodness, with a, a DK Metcalf and an Odell Beckham and a Mike Evans, then a Nick Chubb and a Joe Mixon and a Travis Etienne, there's just, there's just some fire for here today and down the road uh it's don flicked today yeah i would have i think i grade it the same way they're awesome between those two um whisper nation let us know who you think uh johnny who was your winner of your well um i had i had the real whisper as my but i will say like people have been popping off saying about uh given the cat's pajamas he was he was asking about his team how he liked it um i i think I do like his team as well. I think he did a good one, but I'm ultimately going to go with the real whisper. That Whis- whisper nation. Let us know who you think won. Uh, you guys are in the comments there. Let us know who you think we, that's what our, our opinion, but it's just our opinion, you know, and that's it. Uh, I did want to give a, before we close out the show, I mean, Ryan, it's like the lifestyle of the rich and famous caveat dreams and the fantasy whispers i'll see myself out <laughs> we appreciate you ryan and like i said we will be doing a mock draft with them on wednesday on their channel so that will be fun so tune in to Excited that for that Come and check it out yeah and then uh, also we we are going live on wednesday uh at 3 p.m pacific time 6 p.m eastern time and then this friday it is be a hour late than normal we will be going at uh what pm eastern for here's what you got to do you got to subscribe to the youtube channel and turn the notifications on and then you'll just know exactly when we're going live because then we'll it'll it'll just tell you right there yeah that's easy you don't have to rely on johnny's uh teleportation skills here as he travels between different timelines and I will say, uh, Joe Zolo from uh, Club Fantasy FFL, he will be on Friday show. We'll be breaking. We're going to start our series of uh, breaking down the uh, divisional teams, and that should be a lot of fun. Guys, I'm excited for all of this. This was another great mock draft. Make sure you like and subscribe so you can catch all of the live links coming your way. If you didn't get a chance to draft alongside us this week, you will next week. And you can go ahead and catch all of the updates in the Discord channel. So I know we got a couple people in the chat who joined along with us there. Make sure the rest of y'all do as well. Johnny, Travis, any final thoughts? Nope. Nope. Uh, Get on that Discord chat, as Austin said. Click that link in there. We'll see you next time. I'm Austin Sear. That's Big Travi. There's Johnny Game Time Hicks. We're the Fantasy Whispers. We're out. Peace. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.